I think a few years ago as an advisor, you could be an ostrich. You could stick your head in the sand. You could see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil about crypto. But that's ended. If you don't have good answers for clients right now, whether it's yes, no, or maybe, they're going to leave you and find someone else who does because all retail investors are accessing it and they want their advisors to be smart on it. This is what I've been saying. The three L's, listen, learn, and lead. The advisors to do that are the advisors that are going to win. The value of bespoke advice has never been higher. You're listening to Coindesk's On Purpose with OnRamp CEO Tyrone Ross. An infrastructure, money movement, security. The wealth management space is not set up to deal with the client of the future. And man, is that an incredible opportunity. A licensed investment advisor and powerful storyteller, Tyrone has a passion for digital assets and their ability to disrupt our current way of life. How do I protect myself? How do I protect my firm? How do I protect my clients? This show is for advisors by advisors. Advise on purpose in the arising realm of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. And now... Tyrone Ross. All right, welcome back to another episode of the On Purpose podcast. I am your host, Tyrone Ross, CEO and co-founder of OnRamp Invest. Special episode today because I do have crypto and financial services royalty with me. In my opinion, one of the most important folks in the space. And I'm probably not sitting in this seat without him, his guidance, his tutelage, and just overall advocacy. I present to you all the inimitable Matt Hogan, CIO of Bitwise Investments. How are you, sir? What an introduction, Tyrone. It's great to be on. I'm doing great. Really excited about this conversation. Love the podcast. So this is a treat for me. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I want to dig right in here. But before we do, I just got to say, truly, there are a few people who experience crypto, but also have the ability to make it so concise and clear. And, And honestly, I don't think folks do it as well as you, especially as you and I know, trying to beat the RIA drum is a tough thing to do. Um, so let's start there. So you, you guys put out a report, I believe it's with ETF Trends, right? Yep, that's right. You know where I want to go, the section mm-hmm. I just want to jump to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I want to put it on you right away. Like, Give some folks the methodology behind a report, your you know, initial thoughts from it, and, and what you all gleaned from the conversations that you had. Yeah, I love it. We've been doing this survey for four years now with ETF Trends. And the reason we started at Tyrone is we felt that there were advisors out there that were allocating to crypto, that were excited about crypto, but honestly, we're afraid to talk about it. I know that sounds strange today, but if you peel back four years ago, there was this sort of perception that thou shalt not talk about crypto. It was this insane idea. And we wanted to show people that it was a bigger deal than they thought individually. There were more people in this tribe of advisors that were interested in crypto that were helping clients about crypto. Uh, We've been doing it for four years. We do it with ETF Trends. They do all the outreach. Obviously, if Bitwise did outreach, we'd find a bunch of advisors who are into crypto because that's who we talk to. But they do all the outreach. This year, we had 600 advisors enter qualified answers, about a 25-question survey. The results are amazing. There's some really fun statistics we'll get into. But the idea is, is to show crypto is not a crazy idea among advisors anymore. In fact, I think there's some data in there that says advisors better have answers about crypto or else they're going to get passed up pretty quick. So excited to dig into it with you. Yeah. So 
the first thing that I noticed, I believe, and again, you, you know, the numbers cold, but I think 94% of advisors, was it? They got questions on, uh, on crypto. Let's, yeah. let's just start there. Let's start there. That's as close as you get to 100% in a survey, right? There's always some cranky individual who just says no. So 94%, that's up from 81% last year. What that means as an advisor is if you have clients, they're going to ask you questions about crypto. And that is a one-way trend. That's not going away, right? There's Super Bowl ads about crypto now. Like everyone is going to be answering questions. I think a few years ago as an advisor, you could be an ostrich. You could stick your head in the sand. You could see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil about crypto. But that's ended. If you don't have good answers for clients right now, whether it's yes, no, or maybe, they're going to leave you and find someone else who does because all retail investors are accessing it and they want their advisors to be smart on it. That was one of the big findings of the survey. Right. And that's one of the things that I know you've been preaching as well. And I've been saying forever, it's just like FAs, just be conversant, right? <laughs> just be able to like, I don't, you don't need to know what a ZK rollup is. Just understand the client is doing it away from you. They want to tell you right? Yeah. Just make yourself available for the conversation. So that's super important. And I had this pulled up here because again, there's, there's just so much I want to dig into. Again, we'll get to my favorite part in a minute. <laughs> but uh, the, there's a piece here about the percentage of clients' portfolios currently allocated to crypto. So let's dig into that a little bit because the numbers there was interesting. But what do you glean from that part? Yeah, I think there are a few important statistics here. So let me run through them. One, two, three. The first yep. one what percentage of advisors have clients with allocations to crypto? That number was 16% in our survey. Amongst RAs specifically, it was 22%. Oh. Now that's not a ton, but it's not zero, right? Mm -hmm. One in five advisors are helping their clients allocate to crypto today. That number has gone up a lot. When we started this survey four years ago, it was 4%, right? Wow. Now it's 22% for RAAs. The second thing though, that's equally important is it's not every client. I think there are a lot of advisors out here who are thinking, I'm not going to roll out crypto across 100% of my clients because I have this 85-year-old doesn't know what it is, doesn't need it in their portfolio. What we found is most advisors have allocations for between 0 and 20% of their clients, right? And that's an important piece. And then the last thing is the allocations are relatively small, which is a great thing, Tyrone. 80% yeah. of advisors have between a zero and 5% allocation to crypto for those clients that they're allocating to. Now, all these trends are going up. More advisors are allocating, more allocating across their books. The percentage is starting to go up from maybe 1% to 2%, but it's still relatively uncommon, but it's not super rare, I think is what I would say. Yeah, no, great feedback. Now we're really digging into the part where I get giddy. Um, <laughs> Bring it. The 47% the that said they have personal crypto <laughs> holdings <laughs> and almost doubles from the year before. Yep. Like I could go on about this, but again, perspective from you all, your thoughts. Oh man, that's the biggest <laughs> statistic in there, yep. right? Half of 100%. all advisors are allocating on their own. Now, let me give you the optimistic spin and let me give you the thing that's sticking in the back of your head, Tyrone, I think. Yeah. The optimistic spin is that many times the first allocation an advisor makes is in their PA. They want to yep. test the waters. They want to kick the tires. They add a little bit. They see how it works. They see how the onboarding goes. And then they roll it over to some of their clients and eventually all of their clients. We've seen that at Bitwise. 
I'm sure you're seeing it at on-ramp. That's a fairly normal pattern. So one way to look at that is as a precursor to future client allocations. That's the positive way. Yeah. The other way to look at it, Tyro, <laughs> which I know has occurred to you, if it's good enough for them, why is it not good enough for their clients? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's such a big one. And we'll add one more piece to that. I know you will get to it later. At the end of the survey, we asked people, what's your expectation for the price of Bitcoin? And more than half of advisors expect it to be $100,000 or more per Bitcoin in five years. So they expect the price to go way up. They're allocating on their own, but to their clients, they're like, well, hold on there, Mr. and Mrs. Jones. Yeah. Right? It's not time yet. And yeah. that is a real tension. I'd love to know your thoughts on that. Well, you were reading my mind because that's exactly what I was going to say. And I get so many text messages from advisors asking me questions about this protocol and this DeFi and they got yield here. And, you, and I'm like, are you doing anything for clients yet? No, no way. I'm like What? I mean, it's just befuddling to me. But again, it, it just proves that there are, which we're going to get to my favorite part. And we know advisors, right? It's almost that double talk, right? My mother calls it talking out of both sides of your mouth. But also why I say, and I did a spaces last night, the rebuttals you hear from advisors is, well, it's too volatile. Again, we're going to get into that and the best interest of the client. And now I'm saying to advisors, too volatile for you? Apparently not. <laughs> oh, too volatile for the client. Guess what? It's not for them either, right? right. And then the best interest of the client is the best interest of the client 0.03% on the money market at Schwab and you're getting 6% at BlockFi? Oh, uh oh, yep. that'll stick between us. Right? Did you like, say that? <laughs> like, oops, I'm sorry. And they go, oh, well, I'm like, okay, just curious. So it's just funny to see it all. But also, again, the, the real life part of it, which is why I think what you all are doing is so important. And all of us that are just trying to get advisors to understand is like, folks, the gig is up, right? Like you, you just slowly come to it and, and convert, right? We'll hold your hand through it all. And again, I, I know I don't have you for a while and I could spend forever on this. And for, for folks listening, I was going to come on and rant heavily about this piece of the report, but Matt is more thoughtful and brilliant and pragmatic. So he's going to walk us through this. So there is a piece in the report where it says, what is preventing you from either increasing your investment in crypto assets or making your first allocation, mm -hmm. right? The caveat there should be for a client. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> for a client. So, for, so that'll be my little addendum to the next report. Number one, regulatory concerns, 56%, 52% last year, now 60%. Mm -hmm. I'm just deal with the top three. Too volatile, as I just mm -hmm. discussed. Mm -hmm. 43%, 2020, 38%, now 53%. No idea how to value crypto assets, which again, also hilarious to me because you put out a beautiful research report with the CFA Institute. It's just, what are we doing? And then that's at 34%. So again, sir, <laughs> my mother taught me if I have nothing nice to say, don't say it on a podcast. I'll put that to you and then I will interject as needed. <laughs> oh man, I love it. It's so hard to know exactly where to go here because you have these things that people are saying. They're saying they have no idea to value crypto assets. They're saying they're concerned about regulatory issues. Not clear exactly which regulatory issues they're pointing to. Like, I don't think they're worried about whether Gensler will crack down on synthetic stocks and therefore one specific DeFi app will have to move offshore. They have this generalized view. I mean, I'd love to know your thoughts. 
I still think a lot of it is that the name is crypto and they're Mm -hmm. coming up with excuses not to allocate. Because if they actually looked at the data or they actually looked at the regulatory status, or if they read that CFA report or the other people doing good work on valuation, if they looked at the fee generation, dividends Mm -hmm. and burns of things like ETH, there are good answers to this that are out there. Yeah. You just have to remove the label and look at it for the facts. And I don't think people are doing that. What did you think when you saw this? I was furious. I would explain why, but I want to stop there and say, when we were on stage at, at the Morningstar conference, you said something that I've been saying ever since. It's like the original sin of crypto was that, calling it that, like cryptocurrencies, like it's just the name and it's just holding on to that. And again, there's the Twitter beef on web two and web three and all that other stuff is like, LA gang wars in the 80s on Twitter with Web 2 and Web 3. Are we changing the name of crypto or what? So I do think a very good point that you made there about it being the original sin. What bothers me is this. Again, I addressed the too volatile part. The regulatory concerns, again, was saying this on my spaces last night. Clarify for me, around what? You know what the IRS, the SEC, and the CFTC says about Bitcoin and ETH. Let's just stop there. Right. If you just kind of take some time to learn about these two, it's a really good place to start to move forward. The SEC and Gessler have tipped their hands of how they feel about stable coins and DeFi and all those other things. All of the clarity is there. Hester Pierce, when we launched on Ramp, I interviewed her that day. She said, advisors, just go be advisors. Like, we want you to be fiduciaries to your clients. Doesn't change here. Also, I've mentioned this often, the risk alert that they put out last year, last February, everything that advisors need, valuation methodologies, policies and procedures, book and records, form CRS, updating your ADV. These are all things that advisors do. Just write the word crypto assets in there and continue on. And also, if you are an RIA and Gensler goes 60% of the assets at Coinbase are securities and so on and so forth you're an RIA, you can still proceed as if. It's the registered reps who can't do anything anyway, right? right. Except tweet about crypto from a burner account on Twitter, right? <laughs> Only my dumb behind was tweeting at Merrill Lynch with my face and everything else, right? But they know that. So that's my thoughts on it. So I, if I'm being honest in what I would have said, I've softened it over the last 12 hours. It's becoming irresponsible to use some of these excuses. You're now not fulfilling your fiduciary responsibility at this point because you're not doing the work to go see that there's answers here. Yeah, yeah. Third of the folks, the next two, and I know this is where I get aggravated, you do as well, lack of easily accessible investment vehicles. I know you all had to go like, hello, right? Like, (laughs) And for all of the folks, the advisors out there listening, when Bitwise launched, I had clients that wanted in. That's how long Bitwise had been around. Just so you know, three years in now, however long it was, like literally at launch, I had clients that wanted in. So that's out. And then it's like, all right, for us, I throw my hands up like, all right, not a vehicle, but we're giving you direct access very easily, which leads into the next thing, custody concerns, fear of hacks. There's qualified custodians, there's federally chartered banks in the space. Again, are there infrastructure concerns or things that still need to be built out with prime brokerage and batch trading and all these? For sure. I think you know that the liquidity and and all these different things that the largest RIAs need, but we're not talking about a beacon point or creative planning or a high tower yet. But there's enough rails for folks to drive their Honda Accord through the drive-thru. We'll worry about the 18 wheelers (laughs) later. 
I don't know. Those two have to be frustrating for you as they are for me as well. They're incredibly frustrating. But I'm reminded of something from my ETF past, right, Tyron? You know, I come from a deep ETF background. Yeah. We talked about whether ETFs were dooming American entrepreneurialism for 15 years. We talked about whether ETFs were going to destroy the bond market and create a cascade of liquidations in the bond market for 15 years. We had congressional hearings about these things as recently as like eight years ago. The lesson there is that these problems take forever to solve. Like custody has been solved for a very long time. Fidelity is a custodian. You guys have solved direct access and other people have as well. The opportunity it creates for advisors to flip it on a positive side is really significant because there are good answers to all of these questions. There's good anchors on regulatory. There's good answers on access. There's good answers on custody. There's good answers on volatility. Advisors who are willing to look past the headlines and build their business, it's a huge business opportunity. One other stat in this survey, which we didn't cover, is the number one reason advisors were adding exposure was clients were asking for it. Client demand. I think getting smart on crypto is one of the biggest business development opportunities for advisors of the next handful of years. Like you have a window before it's push button easy for everyone to have a leg up over your competition. And that's pretty rare in the RIA space. Like that doesn't happen very often, particularly for smart RIA. There's a positive side to this, which is there are good answers to these problems. You just got to get educated. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I continue to go on. But the other thing I just have to end on this, what I was going to say as well, it's funny with all that data. And it's only those things are only issues until your largest clients want it. And then you find a way to get it. <laughs> right? Very that, true. That client, that $10 million account or million dollar account you work so hard for. And they're like, I'll leave you if you don't figure this all. Oh, no, it's not a bubble anymore. Promise it's not. <laughs> Done some research. I finally read what Matt Hogan put out. Okay. Now, one last one, and I got to bring this to you. For everyone out there listening, this is a literal thing. I've been called to a truce on a Bitcoin ETF. <laughs> Shout out to my Wisdom Tree family. So I no longer rant about a big, I'm over it anyway. I just can't anymore. I'm, I'm just over it. I but anyway, 82% of advisors said they prefer investing in a spot Bitcoin ETF. You're at the forefront of the fight. I've been saying for a really long time, if they are going to, for everyone out there listening, if you are putting in some type of ETF application, when the SEC approves an ETF, it is going to Matt Hogan. He will get it before you all. <laughs> so I'm just letting everybody know. Sorry, but that's the truth. So anyway, there's nobody better to talk about that. What do you think the status of that is? Do we get one? Because I've humbled myself in, in saying I do think as far as what it would mean for the infrastructure and better pricing and discovery in the space. But anyway, that's about all I have nice to say. So I'll leave it, I'll leave it up to you. <laughs> well, first of all, those were very nice things. I hope you're right about Bitwise. I'm sure there are other great applications in as well. I think the market is overly negative on the prospects for a Bitcoin ETF in 2022. It feels like the crypto Twitter segment has basically given up. It's almost a joke. There are memes about it never happening. Two things that I would point to. One is we did get a Bitcoin futures ETF which was a big zero to one moment for the SEC. And it does change the game. And over time, it becomes less and less tenable. But the other thing I would say, Tyrone, is that the quality of applications has improved dramatically. There are a lot of crypto applications that just sort of YOLO shipped, you should approve our Bitcoin ETF because. But if you look at not just Bitwise's, but you look at what ARK is doing, you look at what mm -hmm. Grayscale is doing, 
you look at a couple other providers, they're providing real data. And at some point, I think it's going to overwhelm things. So I do think we'll get it. I actually think it'll be this year. But of course, I've been wrong in the past. So <laughs> it will be great for investors. And there are other ways. Direct ownership of coins was the fastest growing option among people surveyed. The number of people who thought that was the best way to get exposure rose dramatically last year. So I think there, an ETF will be great. I love that you've, you've at least achieved peace. But it's just one of a bunch of options. But I do think we're going to get it this year. We'll see. Yeah. So I, I did take that little direct exposure blurb out and sent that to my team. I'm like, here it is, right? This is the thing. But also, I do stand by, though, when a spot ETF does get approved, everyone knows there will be my public meltdown on my Twitter live. So <laughs> do stand by for that. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. Before letting you go, a couple of things that I would love for you to do. One is give folks a little bit of background on Bitwise and how to reach you and everything else. Lastly, I would just love your thoughts on this. I think this year, there's going to be a lot of M&A. It's clear. I know you in these conversations well. They want advisors in and they know that the next trillion in market cap is coming from the wealth management space. Everyone knows it now. We've known it for a long time. Folks are figuring it out. Retail is kind of walk the walk. They're done. Yep. They'll be back. But for right now, we got to get that wall down for wealth managers and family offices and RAs to make it very, very easy and seamless. The floor is yours. And then your thoughts on into space the year ahead. Well, thanks for that. You know, Bitwise is the leading provider of index funds in the crypto market. So we created the first crypto index fund, the Bitwise 10, and we continue to offer more of those strategies, the first DeFi index fund, the first NFT index fund. But we're really there to serve advisors. You can find us on bitwiseinvestments.com. You can find me at Matt underscore Hogan on Twitter. We want to talk to advisors who have questions about crypto, whether you want to allocate now or in the future. We built a team to, to help them as you have it at OnRamp. In terms of the RA space, it's absolutely the next big market for crypto. Institutional is trickling along. As you say, retail is all the way in. Advisors control as much wealth as institutional investors and like four times the wealth of self-directed individual investors. This is a massive market that's simply been overlooked by crypto for a long time. And I think what this survey shows is we're at sort of the elbow of the hockey stick. A significant 22% of RAs are allocating in client accounts. 50% plus are allocating in their PAs. If you ask me where the next trillion dollars is coming from, it's coming from this space. And firms that are in this space are going to be in high demand from advisors. And, and I do think we'll see more M&A, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. I think it's a big space. I think it's maybe the story of 2022, 2023 is the entry of advisors into the market. 100%. I couldn't agree more. As always, thank you so much for spending some time with me. It's, it's always great to talk with you in person, but just at all is always a joy in getting your perspectives. Thank you all for listening. You know, as I always say, um, if you found any value at all in this podcast, I know Matt is a thoughtful giver as well and fights with me on this mission to cure child hunger in this country. So go to nokidhungry.org, whether it's a dollar, two Satoshis, Whatever it is, they do accept crypto. Help me, help Coindesk, help Matt and everyone else that cares about ending child hunger in this country. Do that if you found any value in this at all. Um, Mr. Hogan, I appreciate you so much. Love and light to you for being here. Again, also out there, please like, subscribe, and share. Sign up for the 
Crypto Advisors newsletter. Coindesk family is waiting in the advisor waters as well. And uh, we will see you all in the next one. Appreciate you. Thank you, Tyrone. You've been listening to On Purpose with host Tyrone Ross and guest Matt Hogan. This show is produced and announced by Michelle Mousseau with additional production support from Eleanor Paul. Our theme song is Walk With Swag. We would like to hear from you. So if you have any questions or comments, please send us an email at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line on purpose, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.